This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hopsteiner, a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality, sustainability, and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products. Contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop-related tools you need to craft your next great beer. For more information, visit hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. Domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand-new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com. Any forecasting that we had prior to basically this week is now you know, garbage, right? Because um, we're living in a completely new world where draft sales just went to zero. It's important also that we don't wait for our distributors to tell us what to do. They're running around with their hair on fire right now, right? So they may have segmented routes and they've got an on-premise guy they don't know what to do with. Um, you know, they may be sending hot shots to large stores because it is blowing through inventory. They've got their own problems. This week on the show, we take a break from technical brewing and talk about what's really on everyone's mind. Hi, my name is Ross Ackerman, CEO of GP Analytics. We specialize in forecasting and supply chain technology solutions, specifically in the craft beer space. Things are getting real. My news feed is starting to fill up with brewers who are now out of work and brew pub owners who've been forced to lay off their entire staff. I got an email last night from one of my favorite people in the industry who has worked for one of the top 10 craft breweries for over 13 years. His rather important role has been, quote, eliminated due to the new reality of the craft brewing industry in COVID-19, end quote. The BA is reporting that only 9.5% of members who took their COVID-19 survey are not anticipating layoffs. This is a gigantic mess, isn't it? Yes, I, uh, that's an understatement. And I think, unfortunately, it's going to hurt the smaller breweries much more than it's going to hurt the larger breweries. Um, the higher your percentage of on-premise business and draft sales, the harder you're going to be hit by this. Ross, we utilized your services when I was running brewery ops uh, at Star Hill maybe seven or eight years ago, so I'm already familiar with what you do. I don't want to turn this into a GP Analytics commercial, but I think it's important for listeners to understand what you do as well as where the data that drives your insights comes from. Talk about that. Yeah, so the primary thing that we provide or do is um, we crunch the analytics on forecasting data to inform production decisions, right? So 
you're automating that process of looking at the wholesaler's inventory, um, rate of sale, uh, determine what to produce, and essentially where to ship it. Um, and what's happening right now, obviously, is any forecasting that we had prior to basically this week is now you know garbage, right? Because right. um, we're living in a completely new world where draft sales just went to zero. And we don't exactly know what's going to happen off premise, but, you know, I think the data is going to tell us or inform us on what we need to do starting next week. Four days ago, the shelves at my local grocery store were pretty much empty, except the beer and wine aisle, which was fully stocked. I don't know if that was solely due to distribution logistics or if we should read more into it. Obviously, as you said, on-premise sales have dropped off a cliff with all the restaurant, bar, and taproom closures. Are off-premise sales up at all now that we're locked in our houses with children all day, or are beer sales in general just completely miserable? So what I have access to data to, uh, we have clients that are distributors and breweries. Um, So we have access to real-time data from our distributors. And from what we're seeing right now across the country is it's looking like a holiday week um, in terms of the sales volume uptick off-premise. Um, and it's more than making up for this, uh, the losses on-premise. Um, you know, again, a couple of days where the data doesn't a trend make, <laughs> but it's looking like um, it, the beer volumes are increasing as people go and load up on whatever items they deem as necessary. Like, you know, apparently it's toilet paper and beer. Um, but from what I can tell right now, it's looking like it's going up. Now, whether it's 4.6, whether it's 2.12, or whether it's exclusively Costco, um, you know, obviously the, the hottest girl at the dance now is the buyer at Costco. Um, but obviously the sales are increasing because we can see those numbers. How about the performance of big beer versus craft? Is the suffering equitable thus far? I don't know yet. Um, you know, I can tell you what I, you know, what my gut tells me, but I mean, like, like everybody else, I'm waiting for a full week of data to know exactly how it's playing out. Um, but I suspect, um, that if you drink high end beers and on, you know, on premise, traditionally, you're going to go pick that up at the store. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think it's too early for people's, you know, the impact financially to people to change their behaviors in terms of what they drink yet. I mean, that could be a trend that we start to see down the line that, you know, you start cutting back, you know, maybe you drink a couple IPAs, but now because of your financial situation, you move into something else. Um, I think it's too early for that kind of shift. So I think that if you were a consumer of um, craft beer before, I think you're just going to drink it at home. And hopefully because you're at home stuck watching Netflix, you, you, you up your consumption, actually. Or if because you had a house packed full of kids, that's definitely a, a factor in, in my household. So <laughs> consumption. I mean, I can tell. On the I can tell you, I, I can tell you, I, I, I'm drinking more now. I mean, yeah, it sounds terrible, terrible to say, but you know, it's, you know, I, I you know, you're, you're stuck inside and not much else to do. Yeah. What should craft brewers do with all this draft beer that isn't needed right now? So I think the hardest question any brewery is going to be faced with, and, and, and those that are lucky enough to have off-premise sales, right? Because there's a huge piece of the business now that, you know, it's, I, I, they, you know, they don't have a secondary option. Um, you know, maybe they can get some canning going here and try to, you know, salvage that. But 
I think the biggest question you're going to have to ask yourself is, you know, what is that balance between the fiduciary impact and the quality, right? Um, you know, do you look at putting that beer back into bright um, or blending it back into bright and trying to move it to a different package? Now, the oxidization, the oxidation on that, you know, again, I'm I'm not technical like you or your listeners, um, but I think that's a question that a lot of people are going to be asking themselves right now. But I mean, I think my advice would be from a quality perspective, you know, get rid of first in, first out, push that beer out first. Yeah. You know, because if the off, if the off premise is flying through beer right now, maybe you can move through it quickly. So that's, that is, that is such a difficult, you know, position to be in, to have to think about the financial consequence versus the quality aspect, which is never a position you want to be in. Nope. What, uh, what, which package sizes should craft brewers be producing right now for the current demand? I think one thing I would say is don't panic, but at the same time, give yourself maximum optionality. Leave your beer in tanks until we see what's happening, right? The last thing you need to do is get yourself, you know, heavy on 4.6 and it turns out it's 2.12 or just 24.12 is driving this, right? Um, give the beer an extra week in tank. And if we lost 30, 40% of our volume, we've got spare capacity now. So fill your tanks up and wait, right? Wait to see how things play out. And I think it's important also that we don't wait for our distributors to tell us what to do. They're running around with their hair on fire right now, right? So they may have segmented routes and they've got an on-premise guy they don't know what to do with. Um, you know, they may be sending hot shots to large stores because they're just blowing through inventory. They've got their own problems. And for you, it's 100% of your business, but for them, it's less than 1%. Right. Right. So, so you need to make sure that you're watching their inventory, you're watching their sales, and you're picking up the phone, telling them what they need. You're the one building the inventory based on how they're blowing through it. Because you may have seven days inventory on your cooler, but they've got 35 potentially days worth on, of, of your beer on their floor. So a good bit of your inventory that's not sold is not in your custody. So you need to watch that to see what's moving. And that goes back to my comment about um, needing to wait and see and give yourself optionality. Optionality is value. And as we start to see what happens, whether you buy that data through a third party or whether they send you data or give you access to um, their ERP system, it's really important to be really watching that closely over the next week and making decisions based off data, not off of waiting for them to place an order. Coming up. At the end of the day, prohibition didn't make people stop drinking. This won't either. It's just a matter of getting creative how you get to the consumer. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. Support for this podcast is brought to you by... ABS Commercial is a full-service brewery and parts outfitter. From our Raleigh headquarters to our Denver office, we proudly offer brew houses and fermenters from three barrels and up 
yeast brinks, boilers, kegs, chillers, triclamp, and other stainless parts, all with the quickest delivery and lead times in the industry. Learn more at abs-commercial.com or call 877-BREW-ABS. ABS Commercial. We are brewers. Additional support provided by... Brewer Supply Group is now the proud exclusive distributor of Dingaman's Malt. BSG is thrilled to partner with the Dingaman's family and to distribute their superior quality malts to brewers, distillers, and homebrewers in the U.S. and Canada. Dingaman's Malt combines modern techniques with their long-standing focus on quality and service for their customers and remains 100% independent and family-owned. Go to bsgcraftbrewing.com to learn more. And thank you also to... Fermentus is the obvious choice for beverage fermentation. From large and small breweries to home brewers, we've provided the beer industry with the best fermentation yeast since 2003. The yeasts are easy to use. Just pitch Fermentus yeast directly into your wort. No rehydration necessary. To learn more about how Fermentus can improve the quality of your fermentation, visit Fermentus.com. A lot of upcoming spring district meetings will be disrupted by the coronavirus pandemic. Definitely check out the event calendar at mbaa.com for the latest details. It looks like everything in March has been canceled. Here's what's still on the calendar as of March 20th. District New England's April 3rd meeting has been canceled. District St. Louis meets April 16th at Second Shift Brewing. The Master Brewers Brewery Packaging Technology course has been canceled. District Northern Rockies meets May 1st in Butte, Montana. The District Philly Spring Meeting at Stouts Brewing Company May 1st has been postponed. The District Northern California Spring Meeting is May 7th at Drake's Brewing. District Northern Illinois holds its Spring Technical Conference May 8th at Hofbrau House in Chicago. District Northwest meets in beautiful Hood River May 15th and 16th. The District Texas Spring Meeting has been rescheduled. The new date for that is May 29th in Fort Worth. District Midwest meets at BrewDog June 27th. The best brewing conference worldwide only happens every four years and it's happening this August. WBC 2020 will be held August 1st through the 4th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find all the details at worldbrewingcongress.org or just follow the link in the show notes. The District Texas Annual Summer Meeting in Kerrville is August 7th through the 9th. The Master Brewers Brewery Systems Technology and Maintenance course begins September 13th in Madison. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Back to the show. So how should we be communicating with our distributors about what we need as well as what they need? So I think you need to control that conversation, right? Um, They'll call you for beer, but it's only going to be in a panic and it's going to be in a quantity that you weren't ready for. So I think you've got to be there to help them with planning for what they need because, you know, wholesalers traditionally have never been amazing at forecasting relative to the craft, right? Because, you know, it's not their fault. They've got hundreds of suppliers, um, you know, and they're a lot of times the big breweries did it for them. So I think more now, more than ever, you've got to be their eyes and their ears and make sure that, 
you're helping them help themselves and making sure that they have the beer they need when they need it. Right. Um, so again, it goes back to the idea that, you know, however you're able to view their data. And if you don't have visibility right now on their information, you need to get it. Um, so that you can help them respond to shifts in demand. Cause if they have a forecasting model based on, you know, a rolling average eight, well, all that data is now garbage. Right. The only thing that matters is what's happened in the last five days. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, anything in particular that brewers should be prepared for their distributors to ask them for during all of this? That's a good question. I think that I think be prepared for being asked for quantities of beer and styles and formats that are completely different than they were before. And the quantities could be vastly different and the mix could be vastly different. So again, I think be ready for sizable shifts in both liquid and package types. I mean, I, I hope that they ask for, you know, additional weapons, right? Like I say, Hey, give me a 16 ounce can that I can put in a, you know, on the shelf for you. Right. You know, you know, your, your customers love that, you know, that double IPA that you have on draft, but can you get it in a can for me? Right. And I wonder how much more, I wonder if we'll see any kind of an uptick from, you know, all these restaurants that have gone to delivery only now. Right. So like, you know, cause there's a lot of places that will deliver beer with, with food. Right. Um, so I, yeah. I wonder if you'll see like different formats because of that. Yeah. I think, you know, watch the laws, right. Cause every state's going to be different. Um, I'm hearing that Texas, for example, is allowing you know, cocktails to go with your meal. Um, I don't think every state's going to be uniform in this, but again, it goes back to, you know, maybe you're able to provide that same draft item in a can or in a can, you know, buy yourself blank cans and wrap them um, so that you can still be part of that dining experience at that restaurant. Generally, should brewers keep producing, slow down or just stop production altogether? Again, that's going to be brewery by brewery, right? Yeah. Um, and I think the, the first piece is what percentage of your sales is draft versus package. Um, you know, if, if draft is 50% or more of your sales, then I think inevitably you're going to have to slow down. Because I think best case scenario, off-premise sales increases by, let's say, 30%. So I think you just do the math, right? Even in an optimistic scenario, a 30% increase on, you know, the 50% of your business that remains is still less than you were. Right. Now, if you're 80% off premise, you know, you might be up, you know, this might be, you know, you might be selling more beer tomorrow than you were before. But I think that's not the majority of people. No, I don't think so either. Um, you know, neither of us are economists, but this is the fastest bear market in history. And we know that until there's a vaccine, the only way to limit the spread of the virus is to shut everything down. Some folks think that we're headed into a recession as we come out of this. Others are predicting a quick bounce back. What do you think beer sales look like once we're out of the woods? And are there any indicators other than restaurants and bars reopening that we should be watching for clues about future beer sales? Well, I think there's a, a few countries that are ahead of us, right? So I think that watching what happens in China is going to give us a pretty good indication of, you know, when things will start to pick back up again. Um, I don't think the world's going to be the same um, once we get going here again. You know, I think social distancing will be part of our society until there's a vaccine, right? So even if we knock this thing out in the next 30 to 60 days, 
you know, we'll have to sit six feet apart from each other at restaurants and, um, you know, people will be wearing masks and it's going to be a different world. Um, so I, even if on-premise gets back, I don't think it's going to be as much as it was. Now, I think that beer will be consumed and the consumer is still going to be looking for a great product. They're just not going to have the option of finding it on-premise for a little bit. And, but that doesn't mean the demand's not going to be there. Do you think that the mix of draft to package sales uh, will be affected by this for years to come? I think until there's a vaccine, it's going to be there. So, I mean, figure a year to to 18 months. Because if you look at what's, because if you look what's happening in China right now, I mean, even as they reopen the on-premise, you know, they're making people, you know, stay separated. So if you had capacity to have 50 people in a bar before, maybe now it's 10. So I, I just have a hard time seeing it bounce back rapidly, for, uh, for our industry at least. Yeah. Hard seltzer is now a significant percentage of total beer market share. Last I heard, something like 10%. Is hard seltzer performing any differently than the rest of beer during this pandemic? I, I, we don't have good data yet, but, you know... The, the the interesting thing about the seltzers was it was mostly off premise, right? Right. Um, very little of it was consumed on premise. So you know they the companies that have seltzer or have penetration there, you may have just won the lottery when it comes to that, because you know, it, it has a sizable piece of the shelf space, and um, you know if, if off premise sales increased by twenty or thirty percent because the on premise is gone. You know, you figure they're going to get disproportionate lift out of that. It's going to be really interesting once we get real data. Right. Um, but again, I think that the, the, the main message is you, you've got to be watching the data. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get caught. And I think there's a general sense of fear out there. But at the end of the day, prohibition didn't make people stop drinking. This won't either. It's just a matter of getting creative how you get to the consumer. And there's, and there's people much smarter than me that are going to figure out a better way to get to the consumer. That was Ross Ackerman here on the Master Brewers podcast. You can expect an update from Ross in early April once there's a few weeks of data to work with. In the meantime, hang in there. Have you figured out which brewing conferences you'll be attending this year? there's one that should be your top priority. Like the Olympics, it only happens every four years and it attracts the best minds in brewing from across the globe. The World Brewing Congress is hosted by ASBC and Master Brewers in collaboration with the Brewery Convention of Japan, the European Brewery Convention, and the UK's Institute of Brewing and Distilling. It's hands down my favorite brewing conference and is packed with the best technical presentations, posters, and networking you will ever experience. If you're serious about your career in brewing, you should be there. WBC 2020 will be held August 1st through the 4th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find all the details at worldbrewingcongress.org or just follow the link in the show notes. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, ABS, Proximity Malt, BSG, Gussamer, and Fermentis. 
So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support. Okay.